Welcome to the Data Coffee Break Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Christian. If you are passionate about data like us, take a seat, relax, and join us to our coffee break where we discuss all things data. And remember, there are no filters, no PR. It's just a real life experience. So let's begin. I think on this episode, we can get started very quickly because we're going to cover quite a lot and, and this topic that is two buzzwords put together. Well, no, actually, is data fabric a buzzword in your opinion? We, we are always working on buzzwords, like exactly the beginning of the year, I think. <laughs> uh, buzzwords, maybe, maybe not, but... Um... When we look online, when we look on LinkedIn, uh, we see more and more organization speaking about it and using it, leveraging it in some extent as well. So it's not only buzzwords. I think there is some real use of of those different techniques. Yeah, uh, agree. And the idea of this episode is to give a clarity. What are the differences? Which one is best for a specific use case or a specific type of organization, perhaps. I think the the first thing that we <laughs> need mm. to, to do is actually define them. Yeah, defining. So you pick a side, I pick, a, I pick another side, um, and we can, um, in this case, like put consistency for, for the audience to understand what are we speaking about here. So are you doing data mesh? Yes, that's, I'll do data mesh, not because I am a super expert, but it's the, it's the hot topic, it's the trend, right? So how would you define data mesh on your side? Data mesh to me, it's, um, it's a decentralized approach to data ownership. So this is the way that you can allow different lines of business to publish and subscribe to data in a standardized manner, right? So instead of... Um, you know, forcing data access and stewardship through a single centralized team. You do this transfer of ownership to specific teams, right? So data mesh, as, as we covered during the 2023 data trends, it's, it's more of a organizational change. It's not technology, it's an approach, it's a framework. And this is the way that I would just, you know, summarize it. Okay, my turn. Go for it. <laughs> uh, all right, data fabric, it's also let's say a concept and it's more based on the idea and the opposite of data mesh, which is decentralized is more looking that through the lens of being unified, integrated view of data across the entire organization. It has been, so it has been around for a bit more time. Uh, if I'm correct, it came on the radar of Gartner around 2016, while data mesh became a topic around 2020, if I'm correct. And it has an approach which is more designed to um, address the challenges of uh, data silos and disparate data sources that we obviously have in organization. Looking at that through a centralized traditional data management uh, approach. So you might see a lot of tools in my point of view that are basically tagging themselves as being, I don't know if I can, we can say data fabric friendly or being data fabric tools, but they basically, from my my reading and my understanding, they're actually working in the, the space of data management to some extent. Yeah. Uh, because it's really centralizing uh, the view of the data. So centralizing and managing data integration, integrating data, and the obviously the goal is more looking at govern, accurate, consistent, and compliant data across the organization. That's quite an extensive definition. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, went, I went sideways, uh, but that's the way I will uh, describe it. 
as everyone can actually identify just for the initial definitions, one of the biggest differences between a data mesh and a data fabric is the data ownership, right? So yeah. who owns the data? And in the case of data mesh, uh, data is owned by the teams that creates and uses it. That actually comes with uh, as a big difference from data fabric where the data is owned and managed by that central team. But I think you mentioned there, Mark, that data fabric started to be on, on Gardner's radar back in 2016 and data mesh came in 2020. I think data mesh came out of that let's say, um, disruption or change of paradigm of, of mm-hmm. re- removing this dependency on those central teams, right, within organizations where you can actually instead um, give that ownership to, to different data teams. But and perhaps this is the first thing that, that goes um, for the title of this episode, which is when you are thinking about giving ownership to your, um, to your teams and organizations, we are talking about teams that are also capable to work with data and produce it, right? Which is one of the things that is may not be the right fit depending on the size of the organization or the skill sets. I'm not sure if I agree that you said like the data in the data fabric where the data is owned by the centralized team because obviously a big part of data mesh is to remove the bottleneck of the centralized team. But it doesn't mean that more domain teams or like the individual data producer, they don't have like a role to play in this case in the data management, from my understanding in the data fabric world, because those individuals or teams are still responsible to ensure more the data quality. It's not solely the responsibility of the centralized team in the data fabric organization. Yeah, you have a point there. And one thing is like, who who is the... Um the owner of the data, as you mentioned, and the other thing is how you govern the data. Mm-hmm. So on the data mesh point of view, uh, what is actually one of the building blocks of the data mesh is that ability to create the data products, right? Where the governance responsibilities resides within those teams responsible for their own data. And I think that's very similar um, in, in data fabric, but I, uh, in, when it comes to who owns, but when it comes to governance, it, it is mm-hmm. my understanding and my experience at Data Fabric, that central team is the one that governs, right? So as you mentioned, you have you have different data teams that they, they, it's the responsibility to work and produce data, but the governance itself is centralized. One of the key principles of Data Fabric is scalable data government. So Data Fabric provides a scalable and flexible framework for data governance that enable organizations to ensure compliance with data regulation, policies, and standards. Um, the interesting part is in data mesh is like more the concept of federated data governance, where in my understanding is like there is much a much bigger emphasis on the importance of collaboration and shared responsibility for data. So the governance is purely distributed here. I'm assuming as because it's defined as like shared responsibility, that means we cannot have or create a specific consistency in a data mesh uh in terms of governance. I agree. It's that federated governance that you mentioned there, right? So, which is another data yeah. mesh building block, right? So data users can aggregate independent data products. And the data mesh paradigm comes from having subject matter expert to be closer to data. Whereas, for example, if there is an organization that has these uh, requirements for strong data governance and security, I think that may be better suit for a data fabric, right? I see... In terms of um, 
how data, you know, it's it's produced within teams. As, as you mentioned, data data mesh. You give that responsibility, which is, I guess, what we discussed mm-hmm. at the beginning. That data mesh is really a change of paradigm. It's more of a framework that you rely on the individual and the individual teams mm-hmm. to work with their data. Yeah, I like that you mentioned that because looking at some either vendors' websites or like. Um, community blog or articles, it seems that a lot of, let's say, organization where uh, data governance is like so important, for example, banking, um, they tend to go for the data fabric approach in this case. Yeah. Um, and for the data mesh, we always see as like more startup organization, like data native as like the one going for the data mesh approach from what I'm I'm seeing and reading. I don't know if it's what you've been experiencing as well. Um, I think so, yes. Um, especially... Or maybe the line is a bit more blurry. Uh, it will always be, right, with, with data, right? So so there is a <laughs> such thing as, a, as you mentioned, as, as very strong governance and compliance. But I also see it when there is a, a big legacy, right, which is the, the case of those financial yes, institutions. Yes, exactly. So... So for yeah. a, a digital native company, which is not the same as a, you know, as those financial institutions for them would, might be more agile to work on the data mesh approach, reorganize the teams, deploy experts mm-hmm. on each business line and create that uh, data platform from scratch rather than thinking about all the existing governance settings that legacy is not yeah. only in technology, but also in practices. You see that a lot as well, that this is the way that it has always worked. And it's more difficult to change. Exactly. Yeah. It can be a massively for organization to go towards like a data mesh organization. Data fabric can basically fulfill their needs yeah. and it will be less of a struggle to make this uh, this shift. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that. I agree. That's interesting because in this case, that's we are making the case of explaining both solution are perfectly fine. It's just a addressing different profile of potentially organization with a different type of legacy. Yeah, with, with two different types of organization. Just uh, to give the disclaimer here that Mark and I, we are not implying by all means that it's not possible to do data mesh on <laughs> companies with legacy. It's just that we don't see that happening right now. And it's actually, I think, it's part of, of, of adopting every new trend, right? I yeah. mean, these companies um, with that heavy legacy, they're yeah. not the first one to jump on that one. But it takes time. It's not a... Uh, it's not like buying a software and saying like we do that and we change everything. It is like organizational change, step by step, um, creating gro- across different teams. So it can take it will take multiple years. I'm, I'm guessing for some massive organizations. Yeah. Yes. And now that you say products, you you say product or application, right? Uh, okay. Let, let, let's touch on that now. Yeah. I think it's a good time. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> because. Um, Data fabric is a concept that has been there already for quite a few years, but keeps on modernizing. Mm-hmm. Even right now, we see uh, products that they're called a, a data fabric. Smart data fabric, augmented data fabric, etc. Yeah. Yes. And to make things more complicated, these are used actually sometimes to even to create a data mesh <laughs> or to use all the automation capabilities that these uh, fabrics gives you at the same time, right? So I think... Uh, it's good to to start talking about these uh, products in terms of data fabrics. So just to to be completely clear on what is the use of of them or where do we see playing a role. So I'm not I'm not sure where to start here, but 
it's it's not a product per se uh, from what i explained because they're mainly frameworks to approach organizational yes. change around data maybe the advantages of data fabric because we're speaking about a centralized approach that infers very quickly speaking about catalog of data and enforcement of governance on the data. So you can have tools and you have tools yep. that have built around those uh, basic, around those topics, topics like cataloging data, uh, creating governance and around data quality as well. And I'm pretty sure there is other topics that can be covered um, in, in those one. But that's having those features, having a product or multiple product or platform addressing those one doesn't mean that you are implementing fully data fabric yes. because yes it's a, an organizational framework uh, to work with data as well yeah that that's correct i think that that's it's my understanding understanding as well the good thing about those solutions is that they give you that single plane of glass or single point of entry right which is goes in line with the concept of data fabric, right? Everything looks centralized, right? Even if, um, as you mentioned there, you, you still need to set mm -hmm. things um, in order for, for this to work and can be set in multiple ways. But I, I think the way that you put it there is, is, is a good one, right? That not because you have these products there means that you magically just have a data fabric, right? So there is a lot of uh, the organizational work to put together, security to, to be also put in place. But to be absolutely fair, this product facilitate going or the enforcement of, of these frameworks. Yeah. But I mean, again, there is nothing that goes into, hey, this, this is a product for data mesh, right? <laughs> Quick one. If you are enjoying this episode and our show, please make sure you follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Links are in the description as per usual. Also, if you'd like to grow this community with us, think about sharing this episode with a friend or a colleague interested about all things data. Now back to the episode. I think it could be good now to help the audience so we can summarize the key differences between data mesh and data fabric. So we're going to go over like six different features and basically give with a very simple sentence what happened in a data mesh world and what happened in the data fabric world. Let's do it. Let's do it. So data ownership. For data mesh, data is owned by the teams that create and they and use it. Okay, on the data fabric side, data is owned more by the teams, but definitely managed by the centralized team. Correct. So this takes us to data governance. So <laughs> for data mesh, the data governance is decentralized. Actually, is one of the building blocks of data mesh to have federated governance with each team being responsible for its own data. Perfect. On the data fabric side, the data governance is obviously centralized and usually you have a single team who is basically responsible on, on the side for all the data or to decide of what the governance model will be. Next one. Okay, data access. Access to data to data mesh can be done from a data warehouse, from an exchange of data, or even an API. Okay, perfect. On the data fabric side, um, the data access will be done through a centralized data catalog or like also data warehouse. Next uh, topic feature. Next one uh, is data agility. So data mesh is more agile than data fabric as it allows teams to quickly adapt their data to changing business needs. All right. On the data fabric side, it will be a bit less agile than the data mesh as it will basically require 
the changes to be made by the centralized data team here. Great. The last topic that you might uh, come across uh, is a cost, data cost. You will find a lot of articles who might say one is less than the other, but we don't really agree on that. Yeah, exactly. And also has to do a lot with the, with the skills, right? Data mesh really requires that you have enough people in the organization that can at least pick up how to build those data products within specific business units. And that is not something that every organization has, right? So sometimes, and that can also be part of the cost, right? Upskilling people or even, uh, even as you mentioned, getting someone external <laughs> to, us, uh, to, to help with the, with the entire implementation. Yeah. So Christian, what's, um, let's pick may maybe about, from our point of view, what might be some of the similarities between data mesh and data fabric here? hundred percent, because there are lots of um, overlaps and things can become a bit blurry, right? So yeah. to me, like um, the one that's, that I see is that they both really advocate to have uh, standardized ways to access to data. Having multiple systems in place, I mean, data is, is more complex uh, nowadays and both going, of course, into trying to standardize or, or avoid, you know, data chaos within the organization, right? To have that mm -hmm. access layer where um, everyone can get access to their data regardless of where the system is actually sitting. Yeah. On my side, um, another, like, overarching principle uh, between those two frameworks, be between those two methodologies, obviously to enable more people in organization to access data and leverage data for the day-to-day -day business uh, decisions, for example. Yeah, exactly. And last one, obviously we can extend, there is so many similarities, but in my point of view, there is a strong aspect, strong uh, research to look at framework or a mindset to put in place when it comes to data governance between those two uh, methodologies. Uh, both of them yeah. have that as a core principle, basically. Uh, data governance is central to, to those one. Yes, I mean, in a very different way, the, the way that they apply them, but definitely the, the mindset is to start from a governed system, right? So, yeah. And I think um, if we would like to summarize this episode, we can give a, a bit of a pros and and cons uh, for oh. everyone to, to get based on what we have discussed. If we take a data mesh, what are the pros? The pros is that is, of course, a more agile and responsive to change, which is what uh, we've been going through because of, of that federated governance, this um, ability to decentralize everything. So as less people are working uh, on a specific data challenge, of course, it's more uh, agile and responsive. Also, it promotes a lot of data stewardship, meaning that those data teams really feel like they are, they are the owners because they don't not only own, but they also are in charge of the governance of uh, of their own and security of, or their own data products. And in my opinion, it's actually better suited for mm -hmm. a distributed data environment. Right, regardless of the size. What do you mean by distributed data environment here? A distributed data environment are those where you have different sites or you know different database management systems, you know different 
lakes, you have multiple sources of data and you don't want to create all the copies of all of your information, right? That's why at some point um, you may you may not want to move everything into a centralized place, right? So you, you have all of that. And if that's your paradigm, that's your that's the way that you would like to to operate, I feel it much more suitable on it, right? Because you create a data product on that data source that you are creating without. Not to mention that that a data warehouse will not exist, right? But it's more around like, I, I do want to have all of my data distributed and I want to keep it there. I just want to make a, a standardized way to, to access it and teams, individual teams to, to be in charge of creating products or using all of this data. Cool. What are the cons? Um, yeah, the cons. Um, to me, that can be more difficult to manage, <laughs> right? Because you have that, that distributed, I mean, in practice, right? Once you start going into practice, um, when you need this um, level of uh, security and governance, you really need to have that cultural change into the organization, right? To say the team is in charge of, mm -hmm. of, of this data. And, you know, not to say that it's not going to be secure, but as I say, it's more around like, how do you really manage all of that? I, I really believe that that is when these similarities, right? And, and, and there might be some overlaps in the future where we will have like a, maybe a, a hybrid between the two. Okay, let's look at data fabric. So what are the pros? First, since it's centralized, can be quite more secured, basically. Uh, because you have a centralized team who is managing that and they will try to apply uh, same security framework uh, across those data. The second point will be that it's easier to play, implement and manage compared to uh, data mesh, where since it's distributed, you you might need to have like stronger uh, reporting rules to be sure you, you still have like you still have visibility on what are all those different data sources uh, and methods, etc. Here on the data fabric, since it's centralized, it would be easier on this side to implement and manage. And third um, will be that it's better suited for larger and complex data environment. We kind of touched on that already uh, before uh, in this episode. What are the cons? Um, I have two in mind. A bit less agile compared to data mesh, obviously, and less responsive to changes because you are relying a bit more on a centralized data team in this case. And the second one would be, as Christian was describing, that data mesh can be very good for distributed environment. This could be a weak point for data fabric here. Uh, that might be a bit more struggle to to make the link between the, those diff different environments. This is when the data fabric can become a bottleneck. So, so that's why I think data mesh became, or is becoming like a, a higher trend. But as I say, I think this will become a hybrid at some point. So as a takeaway from from this episode, right? Like which one is the best for, for, for a specific business, right? Is, the, is, the, is there a winner or is there a, <laughs> you know? Uh, I, I wouldn't call on that. Um, we we might have like some people uh, reach, reaching out to us after and saying like uh, we were totally wrong uh, picking up one of one or the other as a winner. Exactly. Um, I think we touched on that during the different points we described. Like it really really depend uh, on many factors within the organization, and it's difficult yeah. to pick up a winner in this case because let's say if we pick up that data mesh is a winner, 
in an organization with large and complex data environment, they might, after tr trying to implement that for two years, fail to do it because data mesh was not the best approach uh, in their case. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And just to, to mention as well, as, as you said, that the selection is to be done on a case-by-case -case basis, right? So organizations that perhaps need to ensure a strong data security and compliance may be more comfortable with a data fabric approach where you have that central mm -hmm. team. So that was um, quite interesting to, to deep dive uh, in, in those topics. For us, it was also a good learning as I, I learned so many aspects of the pros and cons on both uh, both methodologies, both approaches. Absolutely. I think uh, it was really, it was a good fun to do it and really looking forward for the next one. Perfect. See you soon. See you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode. This podcast represents our views and not the ones of our employers. Our mission at the Data Coffee Break podcast is to inform you and help you grow in this always changing data field. Follow us and get into the conversation with the community on our LinkedIn page and Instagram. See you next Tuesday. And until then, keep your data caffeinated. <laughs>